Good morning and welcome to AM 1160 The Quest and our our um, broadcast today live from our studios here in Roswell, Georgia. Welcome to Shelter in Peace. And I am Mari Cleveland and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Harris. Good morning, Josh. Glad to be here. Yes. Oh, you've got the good radio voice this morning. I'm going, I'm going for it. <laughs> That's great. That's James Earl Jones mode, baby. Woo. I didn't know I was going to be... Uh, <laughs> Uh, blessed with that this morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. So welcome. As you know, if you've been listening to us for the last several weeks, you know that our purpose here is really to offer you support, encouragement, hope, um, truth during this time. It is a, a crazy time out there. There are a lot of unknowns, but we do know, we know who our Lord and Savior is, and we know that we are blessed by this risen Christ who we all worship. And we um, are here to offer you that same hope and that same truth and, and um, scripture and stories and um, a variety of just ways to lean in closer to the faith that we all have. And so this is the month of May. And so during the month of May, there are some amazing things that are happening. And so the first thing I, I meant to say was welcome to the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, because today is May 13th, and it is actually the 103rd anniversary of the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima to three shepherd children in Fatima, Portugal. And we'll talk a little bit about Our Lady of Fatima this morning. We're also going to be talking about our Blessed Mother, because this is the mother, the month of May, which is the month of Mary in our faith. And it's also, of course, the month of mothers. We just had Mother's Day on Sunday. Did you do something nice for your mother, Josh? Oh, yeah. What did we do? We went on a, a walk for a while, and then we hung out and we celebrated, and uh, I got her some little something-something, and we had, it was a nice family day. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, my kids were very cute on um, Sunday as well. I, I got everything. They knew the types of things that I liked, so they uh, they... They had gotten me sushi for lunch and just a few oh, of my favorite cool. things. It was cute. So, yeah, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And um, we also have a special mystery guest um, who is coming on right after the break at the bottom of the hour. And we're very excited to have him on as well. So you'll hear more about him as we go forward. So speaking of Our Lady of Fatima, I just wanted to share just a few for those of people who may not know about Our Lady of Fatima. Um, we do know some of our listeners aren't Catholic, so they may not know, but, um, just a few things about Our Lady of Fatima and then just, just the whole truth that, um, each of the apparitions hold as far as the consistency that we see every time Mary is showing up in our world. It's amazing. Um, but before I go into the Lady of, our, our Lady of Fatima, I do want to make sure we open in prayer. Yes, Sounds we need great. to always open a prayer. So um, we're going to pray, and the prayer is also going to include, because it is Mary's month, is going to include her song of praise. And um, it's known as the Magnificat of Mary. And this is this is what Mary said in response to her cousin Elizabeth when she was visiting Elizabeth, and she was about um, three months or so um, pregnant with Jesus. And she prayed this, she, she said this in response. That was pretty cool. But um, let's go ahead and pray. In the name of our Father, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you, and we praise you um, that you are our Father, and that you sent to us um, uh, our Mother, that you gave us Mary, Jesus, from the cross, um, told us that, um, you know, Son, this this is your Mother, and uh, Mother, this is your Son. And, and from then on, Mary has been trying to... Um, draw us closer to you because we are to be fixed and focused firmly on you, um, our Lord. And so we just praise you and we thank you for the gift of her. And we give thank you for the gift of uh, all mothers, especially this month and all the ways that they love us and that they point us toward, toward you. 
um, and that they sacrifice for us in so many different ways. Lord, we thank you, especially for the sacrifice of your son as well. And so um, we also pray scripture and we pray this prayer, this beautiful song of praise to you that Mary prayed. And she prayed, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength when his, with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Lord, we do praise you. We praise you and we praise you for the fact that you do lift up the lowly, that you do fill all, all of us with good things, that you um, remember us and you are merciful to us. And we thank you for all of that. In your son's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. So as I mentioned, Our Lady of Fatima, so... Um, so fascinating. You know, these three shepherd children, they were only like six, eight, and nine, I think, when they first had the apparition of, of Mary appearing to them. Um, and she, uh, when she appeared to them in 1917, they're in World War One. Europe's in World War One, And unbeknownst to them, there was also about to happen the worldwide pandemic, the Spanish influenza that happened in 1918. So kind of fascinating that that was happening back then. Um and what's interesting is her apparition, when, when she appeared to her, these children, she continues in this apparition and in the hundreds and hundreds of apparitions that have happened even just in the 20th century, her messages are pretty clear. They're pretty consistent. Um, there have been just in the 20th century over 300 apparitions all over the world of Mary. And what's interesting is um, not many of them have been acknowledged by the church. The church um, does a lot of work and study to make sure that there is validity behind what's happening. But um, it's interesting how she keeps on consistently reaching out to us. And all of her apparitions, she says, repent, right? Repent, kind of like John the Baptist did, you know, preparing the way of the Lord. Repent from your sins. Pray. She talks a lot about praying and encourages us to pray. And focus on Jesus um, to the to the shepherd children at Fatima. She told them to pray the rosary every day and encourage them to pray the rosary, which is, as you know, Josh, is a reflection um, on the life of Christ in so many different ways. So she had them pray. Um, and then she also continues to encourage us to focus on Jesus and do whatever he asks us to do. So the, just all of the different apparitions around the world, she continues to do those things. And it was interesting. I was reflecting, and this was I've reflected a number of times over the years, but about 10 years ago, I had, um, I had the opportunity to give uh, a seven last words. I got one of the words for the seven last words mm -hmm. talk at our parish. And when I was reflecting on it, um, God was so good. And he reminded me that, um, you know, Jesus, Mary, when she appeared to all these children, she is really trying to reach out to save us from harbor and evil, right? So when a lot of things, like there was an apparition in Rwanda and it was right before that terrible genocide that was happening there. So it's interesting how she, she appears so many times trying to save us from harm and evil. And that's kind of what mothers do, right? They're always trying to bring us back and save us from harm and evil and um, 
remind us what the truth is and, and make sure that we know God and we're following after him instead. And I know we're going to talk about that a bit more, um, about the ways that Mary specifically did that, but it is fascinating how, you know, um, our, as just like a regular earthly mother would do. Um, I was laughing with some moms one time we were about to send our kids on a camping trip and we were all slightly worried because we know that earthly dads, sometimes they're focus on what's dangerous and what's scary is a little different than earthly moms, Mm -hmm. you know, and we know that earthly dads like to make sure their kids learn their lessons by sometimes having a little bit (laughs) of a, you know, a a challenge, right? So, you know, when they're around the campfire, maybe they get slightly singed. They'll know not to get their stick too close to the fire, right? Whereas earthly moms, we will throw ourselves in front of them and we want to pull them back and we want to make sure that, that they don't get even slightly singed at all. And, um, isn't that kind of like Mary? She keeps yeah. on appearing and she keeps on trying to protect us and try to encourage us to stay away from evil and to pray and to focus mm-hmm. on focus on her son, Jesus. Um, and she she wants to us to be away from the darkness and, and toward his light. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting. So thinking about her and thinking about, um, obviously, she was given to us as this precious gift. Yeah. Um, Josh, what about you? You're a new Catholic, and so yeah. it's kind of interesting. It'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on what's happened with in your life and what's gone on with your with Mary in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, it's been incredibly powerful. You know, the just the the gift of praying the Rosary daily, um, and for me, it's really opened doors with where walls once appeared. You know, a Trappist monk once told me that the closest you'll ever get to the love of God is the love of your mother, Mm, right? And so I think that there is also something incredibly poignant and powerful that, you know, one of the closest we can ever get to uh, the love, like God himself is through the love of his mother, Mm. you know? And that's what the rosary gives us. It's this opportunity to meditate on the life of Christ through the lens of the one who loved him the most, you wow. know, on this earth and always said yes to God's yeah. plan, right? Yeah. And I think you anchored on something. It's 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 the importance of what are Mary's, you know, her main role is to just lead us closer to Jesus. Yep. And, me, you know, me being a Hebrew convert, I know that uh, Jewish moms are the best matchmakers, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, there's something about that. And we got to remember, too, is what are her... It's validated scripturally. I mean, what are her last recorded words in scripture? Do whatever he tells you. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so... And I think that's pretty... When I realize that's the last thing she says, you know, that's her That's her mic drop. You know, that's yeah. her sign-off. And it's like, this is the last thing I want to be remembered by, is, is by, you know, pointing direction towards complete and utter obedience to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, I've learned uh, that as I say the rosary, there's just something very powerful. It just leads me so much closer to the Lord and, you know, helps me just be like her, be more obedient. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm no not perfect, but uh, I can definitely say there has been a impressive trajectory uh, that has taken place since I've been saying that and, of course, receiving the sacraments and, and whatnot. Now, I'll say this, too, is, you know, we were at a... Um, the the pro life ministry at, at my church we were um uh uh well s- some people within uh, different pro life ministries we were we were praying in front of an abortion clinic uh, mm-hmm. and and reaching out and trying to do sidewalk counseling where we just essentially people who are walking and we try to offer them resources and help if they're willing to take them and and just let them know that we are there to help them and support them and 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 give them whatever they need to to make a choice for life mm-hmm. you know whatever they have resource. other options exactly because yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of the times they don't 
think they do. And so, um, one of us said something to one of the, a couple that was walking in. And so they just kind of, as most of the time they do, they don't pay attention to you and they walk in. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, um, this wife comes out and this is a young Hispanic couple. I'm going to guess, you know, mid twenties or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the wife comes out and then the husband starts talking and they just are talking and talking from a very far distance. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I, I can't, we can't hear anything they're saying. We can tell that this is a pretty, uh, substantial conversation that they're having. And I, your friend, Mary, I said, what do you, you know, kind of like, what are they, they've been talking for a while. What are they talking about? And Mary says, I don't know. We need to just pray for him. So we just, we hit our knees in the middle <laughs> on the gravel in the middle of a very popular, uh, buckhead area. You know, and and we just start praying in a circle for this this couple. And the last prayer somebody said was, you know, Blessed Virgin Mary, please just intercede and help them. We get up, and within five minutes, they walked down and said, we're not going to do it. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh, my gosh, that just happened. And it's, you know, when I tell you the rejoicing that was going on between these women, it was like, I I would just think that that's a snapshot of what it's going to be like when you walk into heaven and you see all your, like, long-lost relatives, you know? I mean, it was just... It was just an explosion of God's love, and I just—it was so powerful. And I I say that because um, anytime I've ever seen somebody choose life at an abortion clinic when we've done any kind of outreach, it's either been during or after praying a rosary. Yes, yeah. And there's something about—I can't tell you what the— how it works on the, you know, the underlying spirituality and how it all works in the, you know, uh, this eternal plane. But I can just say there is something about I've seen reaching out to the to the love of our, uh, you know, of our, of our mother, you know, yeah. the mother of our church and uh, how she just, you know, brings us all close to the Lord. And it's been really powerful. So, yes. I mean, she and she definitely she wants his will to be done. Right. And Absolutely. she does have that protection. You know, she is known in a way for a lot of the protection. Um, like you just said, that's one of the first times I met you, Josh, was actually at an abortion clinic and we were yeah. praying and we had just played mm-hmm. the rosary and and there a baby was saved that right during that time. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, but even we I think we know that um, St. Pope John Paul the second had a great devotion to Mary. Yes. Yeah. And when he was, uh, when there was the assassination attempt on his life, he does credit the, the bullet just, it was almost, it was miraculous the way the bullet missed um, anything major in his body and how he survived that. And he credits that it was the mother's hand that Mary yeah. actually, right. Um, stopped that. And it, so at Fatima in Portugal, actually he went and he prayed a prayer of Thanksgiving and he took, the bullet, one of the bullets, I think, I think there was more than one, but he took the bullet um, and he put it and it's actually in the crown of Our Lady of Fatima um, in, in the statue of Our Lady of Fatima there in Portugal. So it's pretty amazing to think that that, that bullet is actually in her crown. When I heard this too, and I think this is, was it something like if the bullet was just a like a centimeter in one direction, mm-hmm. and I don't know, yeah, yeah. millimeter in yeah, one direction, like millimeter, yeah, that he would have not survived. survived. So I mean, it really yeah. was miraculous, and I think that was for me when I started praying the rosary. I, I was accidentally at a Catholic mass in the uh, well. Not I'm going to say accidentally. I was just sort of sitting in in the back, and they I wasn't Catholic at the time, and these people asked me if I would 
you know, pray the rosary with them. And they must have like smelled that fresh Protestant scent. But they uh, <laughs> they uh, did ask me. And, you know, it really, those, those first words tripped me up. You know, Hail Mary, full of grace. I was, what is this? Are we worshiping Mary? And it's, you know, we have the highest mm-hmm. reverence for her. We don't worship her. You mm-hmm. know, she is a, 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 a human being. But at the same time, you know, through a singular grace of God lived this immaculate life to be the perfect, you know, maternal influence on our Savior and, yeah. and carrier of our Savior. But, you know, that beginning part of the, the rosary, um, not rosary, Hail Mary, it was so wonderfully explained to me that, I mean, that's all scripture, yeah. you know, Hail yeah. Mary, full of grace. I mean, that's straight out of, you know, that's the, from the angel Gabriel, right? right? And, and then yeah, you can read it in Luke. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so we were just repeating the same words that, you know, this this angelic being had for the mother of our Savior. And then, you know, the Lord is with the, you know, or blessed art thou amongst women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. I mean, that's Elizabeth talking mm-hmm. to, yeah. you know, her cousin. Um, so, you know, and then the last part, right, we were, were not... You know, for me, it was, I had to get it explained. We're we're not worshiping Mary. We are simply asking, you know, if I ask you or a friend or even when I remember when my grandfather passed away, I would just be like, you know, I'm sure you're with God right now. We just just lift up a prayer for me. Yeah. Well, you know, how how much closer in proximity is the mother of Mm -hmm. Christ, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're petitioning for her to you know, intercede for us and, and lead us closer to him um, when we say that last half of the Hail Mary. So yeah. it was good. It was a good explanation for me early on. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I explained it, I explain it to people a lot the same way. The fact that it's us asking, just like I ask you, Josh, you know, Josh, yeah. I've got this coming up. Would you mind praying for me? Um, the same thing we ask her. And because of the fact that we do believe that we have eternal life, right? So we yeah. know she is alive. She is she is alive. We've been promised eternal life, and so she's not she's not dead. She's alive, and she's there with Jesus. Absolutely. So yeah, definitely, I would I would want um, to be asking her. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting for me. I've got this interesting um, relationship with Mary as well. The uh, growing up on Guam because it was it's very much a Catholic island. Wow. Like I said before, ninety eight percent Catholic in nineteen eighty one. Wow. Pope John Paul at the time, Pope. Um, John Paul came and he said mass for us and was there. It was amazing. How many people live in Guam? Well, now there are more. When I grew up, there were about 130,000. So, wow. yeah. And each village has its own patron saint. But the island itself has a patron saint. And our patron saint for our island is Our Lady of Camelin, which oh, cool. is... Um, so that's a whole nother story. And my <laughs> high school was Our Lady of Mercy, uh, Academy of Our Lady of Guam, our um, our sisters were Our Lady of Mercy sisters, you know. So Mary was everywhere when I was growing up. She was everywhere on the television set, um, you know, on the kind of grainy station, public station. It was yeah. every day perpetual adoration. There are these little wow. ladies praying the rosary the whole time, you know, so it's very fascinating. So she was always there, but it wasn't until I myself personally became a mom that I really started to understand just who this woman was because my firstborn was a a son. And I remember going to mass the first time after I'd had my son and I'm on my knees praying and I'm looking up at the cross and the mass hadn't started yet. And I'm looking up and I see Jesus just in, you know, just the agony of the cross. And there at his feet was Mary. And Mm -hmm. I just burst into tears because I had this newborn son and I thought that was her son. That was her son. And she's watching her son, you know, and she had been so obedient. She had given herself totally and fully to the Lord, which is one of the great 
things that we can learn from her, right? Is Absolutely. just that obedience and that trust in him. And she was still trusting in God, even there at the foot of the cross. And she had known since Simeon had given her that word, you know, that, that she or she, her heart would be pierced and all mm. that this, that this, this day would come. So she knew that, but still just knowing and experiencing that. And so I had that first feeling of, man, what did she sacrifice and what did she offer and what did she give? And so also just how much she loved him and therefore how much she then loves us. And that part grew with me because as my son started to get older, my son's 19 now, and he's a great kid. I really enjoy him. But it's one of those things, you know, every mom, you want them to, you want people to know your child, right? And I remember thinking, man, I really wish people would know my son. I really, you know, I'd love for you to get to know my son. Josh, I'd love you to get my, to know my son. He's a great kid. And I think, wow, Mary, that's, that's her whole goal now. She wants people to know her son. She wants people to know her son. She does not want him to have died in vain. She knows obviously that he didn't, but she wants people to know her son. I mean, from Mm -hmm. my human nature, you know, that's kind of what I was thinking about is if I was her standing there and I'd say his death is not going to be in vain, I'm going to continue as much as I can to draw people to him and Mm -hmm. tell people to know him. And like you said, her last words that are recorded in scripture, she had more of them because she hung out with the apostles and disciples afterwards, but do whatever he tells you to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we can learn a lot from Mary. She's really a gift to us. You know, we learn obedience. We learn to um, that our you know let our souls just glorify the Lord and and um, offer ourselves totally up to her. But she, we also have our earthly moms where we can learn things. So do you have Absolutely. any gifts that you learned from your earthly mom, Josh? Well, yeah, my mom is is just so sweet. I think it's just a snapshot of of the Lord's love on earth. I try to think, you know. Um, I think her whole goal is for me to move back home till I'm 60. (laughs) (laughs) As a mom, I can appreciate that. Yeah. So I was trying to tempt me. She's like, Josh, did you lose the tooth? Cause someone left a hundred dollars under your pillow. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I, I love my mom, man. In fact, one of my early memories was waking up in the middle of the night, to her hovering over me in a nightgown singing Rockabye Baby, Aww. which really freaked out my roommates. Oh, you're <laughs> so funny. No. Do we, I think we forgot to tell everybody you are a comedian. I do stand-up yeah. comedy. Yeah, that's my profession. <laughs> um, so, no, I, I love my mom, though. She's incredible. And, I mean, there's when you told me to think about some moments, it's one of those things I'm so overwhelmed by the magnitude of love that she's showed me over the years. It's I can't – it's like – which one do I choose? I mean, this incredible woman has been been helping. She supported all my dreams throughout my life. She uh, helped me get sober over eleven years ago. Mm. I mean, uh, she's gave me my first Bible. Um, oh, yeah. I, one of my early memories was her praying the twenty third Psalm over me nightly, um, and you know she's so cute. I moved into this new place. Uh, I mean, she's just unconditional love you know Mm -hmm. she just wants me around all the time and i just Mm -hmm. it is so beautiful um she wants to we moved into this new i moved into this uh townhouse with a few other guys pretty nice place in in buckhead and uh get this these emails late at night how how about i get you guys an alarm system (laughs) it's a nice little present you know have you just and i've first i like brushed them off but man they just kept coming how about the did you look at the simply safe which package do you like and um you know i'm just i'm expecting you know her to have a little housewarming gift i'll open up the door and there'll be like a rottweiler with a bow around its neck or something you know <laughs> but uh she's unconditional love i mean and uh, 
gosh, you know, we've just done so many special things. We went to France together last mm. year, which was so incredible. Um, with me, her, and my brother, we've we've been to the uh, monastery, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, uh, together, she's not even Catholic, but she just loved the place, you know. Um, and she just, I mean, but yeah, I've just never have on this side of heaven met someone nor will I that has been this uh I would just say supportive and unconditionally loving of um all my dreams and aspirations so she's an incredible lady that's mm-hmm. awesome that's awesome and it sounds like she really wants to protect you too absolutely right? yeah, yeah. and really I think that's the thing it, it <laughs> I'll always you know I'll always be that that same little I don't know if you ever are not your mother's baby, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean it just yeah that that has certainly not changed. Right, exactly. You know, and so I think about that when when Jesus at the cross, you know, when he's on the cross, don't you think he would have already made plans for his mom? Seriously, yeah, right? Absolutely. He's divine. He's the savior of the world. He would have already thought about taking care of his mom. Mm-hmm. So he knew that we were going to be paying such attention to every last word that he said on the cross. So he knew that we were going to be um, paying attention. And when he said, you know, son, this is your mother, mother, this is your son. There must've been a bigger reason that he actually said that. Right. And so just like your mom wants to protect you, my mom wanted to protect me. You know, he's offering Mary to protect us, to take care of us, et cetera. For my mom, my mom gave me so much as well. I lost my mom about five years ago, and I still to this day want to pick up the phone when something amazing happens and talk to her. But my mom gave me these amazing gifts of like curiosity and courage. She hmm. just always let me know, you know, anything you want to do, you can do. You can it's, you can do yeah. it. And I remember the first letter that I got from when I went away to college and they moved to a whole nother continent was it, which is another story, but I got this, you know, beautiful letter from my father and very tearful and all this. And my mom had put the PS, my mom's PS was knock them dead. <laughs> you know, she's like, go for it. You can do it. So awesome. it was, it was pretty, it, it was adorable, but she just really wanted us to believe in ourselves. She wanted yeah. us to believe that we could do whatever we set our minds to. And, um, you know, as I grew older, I also learned that, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that became mm-hmm. my, my first memorized verse was I can do all the things through Christ who gives me strength. And so that's, um, you know, just that love of an unconditional mom is helps you be led to the love of an unconditional father and understanding that as well. So I think that's such a beautiful, um, you know, our roles as, as parents are so beautiful in, in helping lead our yeah. children, the role of your mom that she had. Um, but always remembering we do have a heavenly father and we do have a heavenly mother too. And a lot of people don't think about that. So we are going to be taking our first break in just a few, um, a few seconds now. Um, and re- I just want to remind you that when we do come back, we're going to be, ha- we're going to have our mystery guest on. So we can't mm-hmm. wait to introduce you to our mystery guest and um, share some, some information um, or some interesting topics and stories and things with him as well so remember you are listening to shelter in peace stay tuned the quest presents lesser known saints with ken and chuck tell us about saint casimir of poland he was the third of 13 children born to king casimir the fourth and elizabeth of austria his devotion to god was prevalent at a tender young age as he displayed great holiness in all that he did even as a child His father once ordered him to lead an army against Hungary and, although he opposed it, out of obedience, he went. But when soldiers started deserting along the way, he too turned back. Furious with him, Kashmir's father banished him to the castle of Zoki. While there, King Kashmir IV tried to arrange a few different marriages for Kashmir, but Kashmir refused each one, which is why he is honored as a patron saint of bachelors. 
St. Casimir died of lung disease at the age of 23. His feast day is celebrated on March 4th. He's also invoked as the patron saint of both Poland and Lithuania. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is listening to you, too. One listener shared. I don't know what I would do without The Quest. Every day I get an update on the Catholic Church and hear inspiring stories. I thought I knew a lot about my faith, but I'm learning something new every time I tune in. I feel connected to a larger Catholic community. If you're enjoying the station, please consider supporting us with a donation. Go online to thequestatlanta.com. The Quest invites you to pray the Unity Prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. It's a good day, good day to be alive. Everyone sing now, so let's do more than just survive. That's what I'm saying. Good morning and welcome back to Shelter in Peace. And as we promised, we do have our mystery guest today. We are so excited to mm-hmm. introduce you to... Um, Father Dan Ketter. And Father Father Dan was actually, some of you probably know him very well if you go to St. Jude, the Apostle, which is my parish, or your kids went to school there because Father Dan was their parochial vicar there for four years before Archbishop sent him off to law school. And so he went mm-hmm. to law school, and now he is actually our judicial vicar for the Archdiocese of Atlanta. So Father Dan, welcome. We are so glad to have you today. Thank you, Mari. Thank you, Josh. It's great to be with you. Wonderful. Yeah, well, and it's so glad to see you. And so you're, yeah, you're the judicial vicar. I want to see you on the side of a martyr bus with a sign that says, One call, that's all. <laughs> Father <Kevin. laughs> uh, Well, Josh, you, you won't see that, I don't think. <laughs> I think we're all grateful for that, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So as you know, Father Dan, we're talking about Mary and all things Mother and all things Marian. Um, and we know that um, you also have a devotion to Mary, and she's been important in your life as well. Um, and of course, today is the feast day of Our Lady of Fatima. So we just, um, I have heard you speak many times, and I know that you've got a gift of just breaking things open. So we just want to let you share with us whatever is on your heart um, about the, the Blessed Mother, how she's been important in your life, or whatever you'd like to share. Yeah, yeah, thanks. No, I appreciate the opportunity to to join you and to talk about um, the woman in my life, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking about it um, before before getting on with you guys, and you know, one way we typically approach it is uh, a topic like this would be to say, you know, how did, how did, um, you know, you develop a, a devotion or a love for the Blessed Virgin Mary and, and kind of uh, imply that uh, sort of I was the one who was uh, pursuing the relationship. But as I was thinking about it, I think the better way to capture it is that 
Mary was pursuing me for mm-hmm. uh, many, many years, and um, I didn't realize it <laughs> um, uh, for some time. But uh, but thanks be to God, eventually did realize that she was always uh, pursuing me, uh, uh, being a mother to me, and um, and then I was able to kind of respond to that and um, allow her to to take up a big part in in my life. So just to I think I think it's kind of neat just to sort of show you all the sort of signs of of Mary's presence in my in my life over the years. So just going back to when our family moved here to Atlanta, uh, my siblings and I, none of us had ever attended Catholic school, but my parents, I was the youngest of three, they decided that I was going to attend Catholic school against my <laughs> yeah. protestations, and uh, and uh, I ended up going to uh, school here in town, Marist High School, which, wow. you know, Marist comes from the Society of Mary, the religious order that, that runs the school. And so the motto of the Society of Mary and the motto of the school is so Marie nomine under the name of Mary. Mm. So, you know, for four years I was attending a school and, and studying and and growing and maturing uh, uh, under the name of Mary, under her, a school that bore her name and was under her protection. Um, my first job after college uh, was at a, boarding school up in Indiana, and the Catholic parish that I attended there was St. Mary's of the Lake in Culver, Indiana. I was there for a year, and then I moved to uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, where um, I lived with my cousins for a while, and I was looking for another job, and uh, the parish I ended up joining there was the Basilica of St. Mary in uh, Minneapolis. Um, after a year in Minneapolis, uh, the company that I was working with sent me over to, to work in Europe for a year, and I landed in um, Munich, Germany. Um, Munich is the capital of Bavaria, and Bavaria is a very Catholic part of Germany. It's really the, the Catholic, uh, most Catholic part of Germany. Um, and... Um, Mary is invoked as the protectress of Bavaria. Oh, wow. um, anyone who, wow. who's been to, to Munich knows that kind of the center of Munich is the Marienplatz, the, the mm-hmm. Mary's Square or Our Lady's Square. And there's a, a, a big pillar there in the middle of the Marienplatz with a statue of the Blessed Mother um, on the top of it. And so I have vivid memories of being there in, the, in, in Mary's Square. Uh, not realizing that, but she was on the top of that pillar, looking down over, <laughs> over her son. Wow. Uh, it was a long way from home. Wow. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a number of years, when I ultimately <clears throat> decided to go into the seminary um, by God's grace and the decision of then uh, Archbishop John Donahue, I was sent to Mount St. Mary's <laughs> Seminary uh, <laughs> up in uh, wow. Emmitsburg, Maryland, <clears throat> and. Uh, just behind the seminary is the Grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes. It uh, was the first uh, replica of the Grotto of Lourdes wow. outside of France, and it oh, was established incredible. there in Emmitsburg, and it gets pilgrims from all over the country. In fact, all over the world will come to this little replica of the Lourdes Grotto there. Uh, and so, uh, obviously, for six years I was studying 
at a university that bore Our Lady's name. I was making frequent visits to the grotto uh, and uh, praying there to our Lord through through the Blessed Mother. Um, and and yeah, it was really I'd say during those six years there at Mount Saint Mary Seminary, where really developed uh, an understanding of Mary's role in the life of um, her son's disciples and the relationship that she wanted to have with me. And um, I did made my first consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary while there at Mount St. Mary's. I was enrolled in the confraternity of the Our Lady of the Brown Scapular while I was there at Mount St. Mary's and, and really looked to Mary um, uh, intensely to, to help me in my discernment uh, about whether I was in the right place, whether I was indeed supposed to be a priest, and, um, and she came through in spades in helping me to gain clarity on that discernment, and, uh, and ultimately, of course, uh, led me to, to be ordained back in 2008. So I, I give our Blessed Mother uh, lots and lots of credit for uh, ultimately helping me to say yes to the Lord's call in my life. And so, naturally, as a priest, I've, I've continued to cultivate that relationship with her and, and foster uh, a devotion to, to Mary among the people that I've had the good, good fortune to serve. That's amazing. Well, so, you know, and you've talked about fostering, you've talked about fostering that relationship. Do you, um, as a priest, how can, you know, lay people or maybe non-religious grow in that relationship like you have? Do you have any uh, practical tips that can can help our listeners? Yeah, well, I I alluded to to one of them, and I think it's probably one of the most practical, most helpful, and that is... um, Consider uh, making a consecration to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. You know, we'll often refer to it as a consecration to the Blessed Mother, but strictly speaking, what we're what we're what we're doing there is consecrating ourselves to Jesus through uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, I'd say probably the most traditional and most well known is the one provided to us by Saint Louis de Montfort. Um, but uh, there are several different forms of, of consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary, some of them uh, very recent, um, new, newer, um, and, and maybe uh, would speak a little um, more clearly to, to people than St. Louis de Montfort's consecration, which, you know, was uh, from a few centuries ago. Um, so um, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, he uh, wrote a consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Father Michael Gately, who's yeah. a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a contemporary, wrote 33 Days to Morning Glory, provides a beautiful consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary, drawing on, I think, Maximilian Kolbe, Teresa of Lisieux, um, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. So there's a variety of of options that are open to people for, for making a consecration to Jesus through the Blessed Mother. Uh, so uh, of the many things that one could do to cultivate that relationship, that that's certainly uh, probably near the top of the list. That's beautiful. Now, you know, I'm just doing my first victory lap of Catholicism. It's been a beautiful, beautiful year. Um, I'm wondering, would you, is there anything that you might want to say to, let's just say someone is listening and is not Catholic, um, that would, you know, you feel like might help them just maybe open up their mind and heart to, you know, maybe sticking a toe in the water. Is there, is there anything, um, you would like to say potentially to that person? Well, I think always an an important clarification for our our non-Catholic 
Christian brothers and sisters is that, um, you know, as Catholics, we have a great love, respect, devotion, honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, but we recognize that she's not divine, <laughs> she's mm-hmm. not yeah. God, uh, that her son is a divine person, um, and uh, she is his first disciple, uh, and she's fully human, uh, like you and me. And so while we accord her highest honor because of her uh, the privileged role that she had in the, in the work of salvation, um, we do not technically worship Mary as we worship the Lord Jesus, as we work up, worship the, the Blessed Trinity. Um, and I think it's beautiful. She's a beautiful um, sort of testament to the kind of relationship that our Heavenly Father wants with us and, and how much He loves us. You know, he, he, we know Him as our Father. He's revealed Himself to us as Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He's given us His Son, Jesus, to be our brother, uh, but no family would be complete without a mother, and He's provided us a mother as well. Uh, and so as as disciples of the Lord Jesus, we are being drawn into an intact family, <laughs> to mm-hmm. uh, a complete family. We wow. have a father, we have a mother, and we have our Lord Jesus as our as our eldest brother. Mm. Well said. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. And, you know, you speak about consecrating ourselves to Jesus through Mary. You know, Josh and I were, before you came on, we're talking about how we try to explain to our non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters that, you know, we're just asking her for to intercede for us because she's so close to Jesus. So does, is that kind of similar when you're saying you're consecrating yourself to Jesus through Mary? Is it same, it's that similar flavor? Yeah, she, she knows, she knew the Lord best, she knows the Lord best, and she is closest to the Lord right mm-hmm. now. We believe her to be in heaven with our Lord. Um, and so she's... Um, perfectly situated to help us draw close to, to Jesus. And so by consecrating ourselves to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary, we're essentially saying we want the best help available mm. to be disciples of the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so we ask the help of His Mother and our Mother. Oh, that's great. And that goes along with, I remember a quote I read from Mark Mallet when he said, Mary was the first Christian. She was the yeah. first one to know Jesus. So, yeah, that's exactly it. She's the first one to know him. She knew him the best. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said, mm-hmm. too, about that that proximity. You know, I mean, she spent nine months as a legitimate Eucharistic tabernacle and then, mm-hmm. you know, 33 years in, in, in you know, would adoration. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you could at yeah. least say the very first 30 years, right? I mean, it was her and uh, Joseph and, I mean, they, it was legitimate, you know, living adoration of of the Lord himself. Yeah. And, you know, in addition to to Mary's uh, maternal intercession for us, like all the saints, simply uh, she's a model for us on how we are to live as disciples of her Son. So uh, the very virtues that she manifested in her Mm -hmm. life, humility, docility to God's will, uh, a prayerful, uh, meditative heart, um uh openness to um to 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 suffering and uniting that to our suffering to the suffering of her son uh for the sake of um salvation of souls you know in all those ways and and more mary uh models for us what 
it looks like to to live as a disciple of her son. So yes, we we seek her intercession, which is powerful and, and immediate, um, but we also uh, model ourselves on the way in which she lived out her her discipleship, as you said, Josh, as the as the first Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm, it's yeah, beautiful. That is great. You know, it's it is interesting. Um, one of the things that you just said, Father Dan, when you're talking about um, just even her pondering, her thinking about, reflecting on what God is sharing with her. I remember re- I was reading, um, we did a Bible study by Edward Shree. He has a bl- biblical walk um, with the Blessed Mother, and it's a really mm-hmm. cool book, and, he, and you learn more about Mary, and he kind of takes us through Scripture where she is, um, where she's mentioned in Scripture and help us understand her a bit more. And he, he, that word ponder, he talks about how, you know, when she took that word from Simeon and, and pondered what he said in her heart, he said it was basically what she was doing when she pondered, you know, when we ponder humanly, we're using our own, we're, we're just thinking mm-hmm. about, okay, what do I think about this? What, is, what does the world think about this? What can I read about this? But when she was pondering, she was actually pondering, what is God trying to tell me? Her focus was always on what is God trying to tell me? Um, yeah, yeah. That's right, and that's that should be our disposition too, right? Every day, uh, coming before the Lord in prayer, Lord, what would you have me do this day? Mm-hmm. Um, how how are you calling me to live as your disciple uh, today? That real docility to 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 what God's asking for us, and that's what the saints, you know, the saints tell us: holiness consists in, you know. Uh, um, uh, a union of our will with the, the will of the Father, with the will of God, uh, and Mary, Mary shows us how that's done. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm reading. Uh, started reading this book. He uh, he leadeth me, and mm-hmm. uh, I haven't gotten too far into it. But you know, one it's I guess it's about a uh, a Jesuit priest who I think he eventually ends up in a Russian labor camp, mm-hmm. and uh, that's right. And you mm-hmm. know, he's thinking like. How can this be the will of God? I'm supposed to be <laughs> saying mass and everything, and it's it's you know he's basically saying um, it was so beautiful how he kind of phrased it that um, he had this perspective of he said basically God's will presents itself every day in the most mundane mm-hmm. circumstances, you know, regardless of mm-hmm. how trivial, trying, or beautiful they are. And, you know, it's really about accepting what God is placing mm-hmm. in front of us in, in you know, uh, using that uh, for His glory and, and just, you know, stepping up to the plate with the opportunities we've been presented. So it's, you know, that was a really... Uh, that was really powerful, you know. Sometimes I think I've got to be on a mountaintop with two tablets in my hand, you know, to be <laughs> doing God's will. But sometimes it's it's, and a lot of times, you know, regardless if it's something that's very secular or very Catholic, you know, that that God can uh, have us in both situations for a, a powerful reason. Yeah, yeah, Amen, Amen. You know, one of the, the cool things about. Um, place of the Blessed Mother in our in our Catholic faith is that I think she can be a real help to men in particular, you mm. know, which may initially seem kind of counterintuitive, like, well, Mary, you know, <laughs> wouldn't a guy, you know, his name was like St. Joseph, you know, or Peter, yeah. you know, uh, something like that. But, you know, um, in, our, in, our, in our faith as, as Christians, we're called to um, an intimate relationship of love. Um, yeah. with God the Father, and as, as revealed and, and manifested in His Son, Jesus Christ. Um, 
Well, as men, it can sometimes be difficult to kind of have that sort of affective, you know, emotional sort of heart level kind of connection with Jesus. You know, we might send out, oh, yeah, he's, he's one of the guys, you know, he's cool. I look up to him. He's awesome. You mm-hmm. know, whatnot. Uh, but maybe harder to sort of relate on that level of the, the affect, the, the, the emotion, the, the heart. Mm. But, but Mary there then provides a feminine figure uh, yeah. that can speak to a man's heart, you know, mm. and she can sort of draw that, that um, dimension of us as men um, into our experience of the faith and then, bring that to to her son, bring that to Jesus. And so so it's it's cool to see oftentimes how many men just really fall in love with the praying of the rosary and in love with, you know, devotion to the Blessed Mother. Um, and I think in some way it's related to, to that very reality that I was just describing. I know that's been the case for me. That's, that's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, that is really beautiful. And I, I was just thinking, of course, because I am a mom, and I have a son. I was thinking about, yeah, my role with my son is different from my husband's role with my son and the types mm-hmm. of things we talk about mm-hmm. and the types of gifts I try to draw out of him and the way I, I, I want him to see the world or, or process information is sometimes different as well. Yeah, so that's, that is really fascinating. Well, you know, I think yeah. about this, too, is, you know, you talk about that contrast, right, because we have God the Father. And, you know, when we think about God the Father, I mean, sometimes, especially these biblical snapshots of, you know, him really stepping up in a very manly way and, and, you know, taking care of his people, you know, you have Exodus and whatnot. But um, there's this contrast where you see Mary and it's like this, there's this tender contrast, right, which I think is so beautiful that you you bring up and, uh, you know, because I think sometimes people, um, I mean, even myself, I've had, you know, male figures in my life uh, that that may have given me, you know, that, that sometimes that snapshot gets convoluted into the image of the God the Father, right? And I've had to, mm-hmm. you know, remember that how loving and merciful God truly is, you know. And, I mean, I got in a lot yeah. of trouble in school. I spent so much time in the principal's office, I should have paid rent, you know. But uh, <laughs> it's, right. it's this reminder, right? Like, sometimes I, if I really need to, like, reset in and how tender God's love is. I mean, sometimes I can just go through Mary, you know, and say, hey, yeah. Mary, I, I really need you to bring me to him right now and yeah. uh, and show right. me the, the depth of that love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. She, she sh- shows forth, she radiates, or in the words of her magnificat, she magnifies, mm-hmm. you know, the, the truth about God and, and God's love. So God is, you know, um, he is pure spirit. He's not male or feast per se. Um, and and so all that he has created, all that comes forth from God, in some way, uh, radiates his um, his goodness, his truth, his beauty. And Mary is one concrete um, manifestation of sort of the the love of God, and we experience in that feminine way, in that motherly way, in that maternal way. And so we can relate to Mary and look to Mary and experience Mary in a way that something about God, something mm-hmm. about God the Father and the love that He has for, for us. So I think you're, you're right on there, Josh, in terms of how, how she can be helpful um, uh, as we, we grow in our relationship with, with God. Mm. You know, it- Thank you. Yes, that that is very, it is helpful. I'm sure it's helpful for many of our listeners. For for those of you who may be tuning in, we are here at Shelter in Peace with 
Father Dan Ketter, and we just thank you for tuning in and being with us um, as we're talking to Father Ketter about Mary and and her um, what she does for us in our lives and how she kind of stalked Father Ketter throughout his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, right. That was awesome. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, one of the things I think would be helpful also to our listeners is right now, during this time, this particular time with this pandemic, and... <sighs> How how can we focus on Mary? How can she be an advocate for us? Or how can we learn from her? Are there things that you've thought about or meditated on that would be helpful for our listeners to think about as well? Um, that's an opportunity for me to share a cool experience I had when I was uh, in the in the seminary. Um, it was one of the earlier years. I think it was my first year. It was my very first year, in fact. So every year uh, in the seminary, you're given uh, a pastoral field placement. Um, so uh, that's some kind of um, apostolic work or ministerial work out in the community to, you know, begin putting in practice what it is we're, we're learning and studying about uh, in the classroom. And my very first uh, assignment uh, for that first year in the seminary was to work with the Missionaries of Charity, so mm. Mother mm, Teresa of Calcutta's yeah. order, to work with the Missionaries of Charity down in Washington, D.C., at uh, a home for uh, terminally ill um, women. Wow. Uh, well, women, when actually it was uh, uh, terminally ill women and men. They had uh, Initially it was just for men, but then they added, added a section for, for women as well, um, who were destitute, had no family, had nowhere else to go, and so the Missionaries of Charity uh, provided them at this home called Gift of, Gift of Peace. Um, and each time we would go down there, uh, the sister who was, um, responsible for, uh, the home there would spend a little time kind of giving us a little, a little lecture, uh, or giving mm-hmm. us a little conference or a little fervorino, uh, you know, as kind of a way to, to just, you know, um, uh, form us, but then also just to prepare us for the work we were going to do. And I remember on one occasion, she uh, handed to each of us what she called uh, Mother Teresa's business card. And it was just that. It was, you know, the size size of a business card. Um, and on one side, it simply had her name. And on the other side was a quotation from her. And she said that this was, this is, um, Mother Teresa's favorite uh, prayer to the Blessed Mother, and it was simply this, Mary, Mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. Mm. Wow. Mary, Mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. And I've still got that. I had, I had to laminate it because it was getting so beat up. <laughs> uh, I laminated wow. it in my wallet, um, and it's uh, it's a prayer to the Blessed Mother that's so simple, so direct, uh, and yet uh, very powerful. Uh, it was powerful for me. Anytime I've shared it with people, they've always really uh, responded favorably to it. Uh, and so I offer that as a, as a, as a great uh, way to, to pray uh, to the Blessed Mother, through the Blessed Mother, to our Lord Jesus, to God, right now during this very difficult times. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety, and we need we need our mother. We need our heavenly mother. Mm-hmm. And so, using that prayer, Mary, Mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. 
That is great. Uh, I love that. That is so, and it's so rich because as I think about those words, like you said, they are so simple, Father Dan, but at the same time, as each of us steps into the personal, intimate nature of what that means, it's going to mean something different for each of us, right? Mm -hmm. We talk oftentimes about during this pandemic, we're all going through it together, but we're all experiencing it in so many different ways, depending on what your personal situation is, or even your personal makeup or your, or your, you know, some people are more anxiety prone or whatever it might be. So when we're asking her to be a mother, it's for whatever our specific need is. And she would know that that's amazing. You know, and it reminds me of a prayer. um, I, I, when I was reading mother Teresa's book, come to me, be my light. And there's a bunch of correspondence letters that she has and one prayer i think she signs off a letter with this it says pray that i may be all for jesus through mary Mm. that's a good prayer that's awesome that's Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. well father dan we only have about 45 seconds left and we (laughs) would love for you to bless our listeners um with a closing prayer would you be willing to do that for us of course of course gladly Heavenly Father, in this Easter season, we uh, give you praise for the gift of your Son, Jesus, who died for us and rose from the dead. We thank you all for, also for the gift of Mary, the mother of your Son, Jesus, and our mother. We ask that through her intercession, you would give us every grace and blessing and help mm-hmm. us to live as faithful disciples. She was her Son's faithful disciple. Mm-hmm. And I ask, Heavenly Father, your blessing upon us and upon every listener here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you all for listening. And the Angelus is coming up next.